Hello all, this is John Spencer from More Than Dice. I just watched Transformers last night, and this is a movie emergency. I do not know what the fuck I just watched. Um, so, uh, to kill the whole story, uh, one of my local buddies, let's call him Rob, uh, really, really wanted me to go see the last night with him when it was in the theater. Kept bugging me about it. I, I told him I got standards. I can't watch that. I would not watch the movie unless it was free. Uh, fast forwards, come out on DVD. Still trying to get me to watch it or rent it. I tell him, nope, not unless it's free. So uh, he goes the extra mile and he buys me the entire Transformer collection on Blu-ray. Well, I told him at that point I'm committed. I told him I'd watch if it's free. Uh, and I told him I would watch it first and then go back and I'd do all of them, do standard reviews on More Than Dice. But this movie was so fucking crazy, I had to do its own podcast. So this is episode two of Movie Emergency. Uh, go back for episode one, which was... God, I don't remember what movie that was. There's some other movie, the Movie Emergency episode one. Go check that one out. Um... Apparently it wasn't crazy enough to stay in my mind, but it was crazy enough that I had to record immediately on it. Um, so this is, of course, the fifth movie in the Transformers series, which I really didn't think would make it much past two. Two was so terrible. Um, honestly, it has some returning characters, but for the most part, there are no uh, real characters remaining in it. Um, you've got Josh Jumail in there... Uh, as his same uh, Captain Lionel, Colonel Lennox now, from the first one and the second one. And I think he was in the third one, but I haven't seen the third one yet. Um, other than that, there's really might as well to be no one else in this who was in the other ones. And, man, normally five movies in, they, they get a little weird. But this one is just so far gone from where we started. The only series more far gone from where it started is The Fast and the Furious. And this has totally a lot in the... Uh, a lot in common with that is it's just getting completely batshit crazy. Um, John Turturro does make a small uh, cameo in this, or I guess a couple scenes in this, and he's not terrible. Unlike the second movie, he was he was funny for the part he was in there. Um, it also has Anthony Hopkins, who was... I mean, it's Anthony Hopkins, but he's a bit weird because he's obviously playing someone who's a bit unhinged. Um, other than that, everyone who, eh, everyone's okay. Not really great. I wouldn't say any great performances of this movie. It's not why you watch it. And, alright, let's start. It turns out that the Transformers are a lot older than we thought from the first movie. They've been on the Earth since the Dark Ages. Let's, uh, I'll have a drink while that sinks in. Yeah, so, King Arthur and Roundtables? Yeah, that whole thing was, uh, cause Transformers. Yeah, they came down from Cybertron, landed on Earth, and, uh, helped them drive back the Saxon Horde. <laughs> and start Camelot in the round table and 12 knights because there are also 12 Transformer Guardian knights who form a giant threaded dragon that help them defeat their enemies. This is not shit I'm making up. This is all, like, the first six minutes in a movie, pretty much. Um, that seems actually pretty not bad. Um, Stanley Tucci as Merlin is a bit much, but not completely over the top. Oh, no, actually, <laughs> he's completely over the top, but not uh, unlikably over the top, let's say. Um, so then you fast forward to near Chicago, I think it is, Detroit, uh, wherever the second, the third one took place, one I haven't seen, and they have a sort of quarantine zone where apparently Transformers are hiding out, because Transformers keep just showing up on Earth, and a bunch of kids are like, let's go see a dead robot, because kids, they come there, and there is a young girl named Isabel, who apparently is repairing Transformers and making friends with them, but, uh, the big, the whole point of this scene uh, aside from awkward humor with her, is 
to show Mark Wahlberg's character returning from the last movie, Cade Yeager, come in and be uh, badass? Question mark. I mean, he's kind of badass. Um, pretty competent, a bit weird, very, very fucking quirky. And he comes in, helps the kids get out of there, helps Isabel get out of there, um, trying to help the Transformers, trying to repair all the guys who were there. Uh, you know, he can't, of course, because, you know, not everything's fixable. Uh, he gets into it with the, the basically the, the anti-Transformers militia. I forget what the fuck they call them. It doesn't really matter. That's how little it mattered. I don't remember the name of the damn... Uh, TRF, that's what it's called. Yay, credits. <clears throat> the TRF who, who kill Transformers and bite them. They're... whatever. Uh, so they're fighting there and they've got... Uh, I don't even fucking remember. The, uh, they got a guy who's like their leader uh, who really doesn't like Transformers, but Josh DeMille's liaison with them and trying to keep him in. Uh, they're going to capture Cade, uh, Mark Wahlberg's character, but of course all of his Transformer buddies show up and they get out of there and head back to this... Uh, junkyard where he's keeping all his transformers and it gets really really fucking awkward real quick a lot of that i don't want to blame michael bay but i'm gonna blame michael bay that well that michael bay humor holy shit awkward not really funny generally like lowest common denominator humor. you get some chuckles here and there but really it's just an awkward silly mess uh, and then uh, you go to uh, Optimus Prime, who's uh, left the planet and frozen in space. Worst exit ever. You should probably think about the whole you're vulnerable to cold thing before you fly out in space. He crash lands on Cybertron and meets uh, Quintessa, who I'm sure is a play on the Quintessons from the old Transformers series. And she basically brainwashes him. She's the creator. They're going to get her staff back, which the Guardian Knights stole and gave to Merlin. Uh, and that will make Cybertron able to go and take the energy from Earth and destroy it and make Cybertron whole again. Oh yeah, and Earth is uh, Unicron. Yeah, no. They don't explain what Unicron is. If you haven't seen the cartoons, you don't know. They just say Earth is Unicron. Everyone's like, I'm sure some people are like, that didn't mean anything to me. Because it doesn't, with no context. To me, it is a batshit crazy plot twist that may be one of the best parts of this movie. So... Military is going to, they only know about a weapon that they're looking for, the staff, all the Decepticons are looking for it, uh, barricades back, which is fine because, like, he disappeared in the first movie and never showed up again, so I guess he lived. Megatron's back, of course, Megatron's always back. Not that it matters anymore, like, at all. So, they basically, uh, they put a tracker on Bumblebee, they track them all to the junkyard, they escape, fight scenes, um, and then we get to Anthony Hopkins' uh, sort of plotline. He is... An old uh, English Earl who uh, obviously has something to do with all this stuff. He's in the know. He's got a robot butler. And, uh, yeah, so they come get Cade and Bumblebee because Bumblebee goes with Cade. But they leave the rest of them there to be safe because they're mostly hunting Cade. Which, in in that logic, is fine. I won't, I won't, I won't plug Coles in that right now. So next, they go there and they also get a uh, woman named Vivian who's a... Uh, Oxford professor on history and very British um, and they get her and take her to basically exposition dump and Jesus Christ they just spew exposition like they're getting paid by the word holy shit so yeah so they get through that that exposition and then everything just goes hot and heavy there's weird protrusions growing up from the planet um, 
they sort of put together that like this is how it would be you know basically how unicron would bite the, the enemy planet i guess if you're going by that old thing but uh the continents have shifted so they're not where they're supposed to be and of course it's centered on stonehenge and they've got to go get merlin's staff which is this power source and key that they need to keep the bad guys from getting so they're going to lead them right to it though it is somewhat assumed the bad guys knew where it was and were going after it so i'll give them a pass on that um so they go and go into an old uh british uh, they have to <laughs> so the obvious setup of course is Cade and uh vivian are going to get together because they telegraph these things like the biggest most powerful haymaker you've ever seen a boxer throw they wind that shit all the way back and it comes at you in slow motion. And you want to look away, but you're watching a movie and you really just can't. So, uh, awkward comedy scene. Escape from, from TRF. Um, get on a submarine. Uh, ain't a British World War II submarine that's actually, I guess, a transformer. It never transforms, though. It's a plot to contrive. It's, it's a device to get them down there. Get They get down there uh, and find the tome. And then Optimus Prime calling himself Nemesis Prime goes to take the staff and uh oh during the scene with anthony hopkins this is a cool scene they reveal that bumblebee was actually fighting the nazis in world war ii and uh, that he was actually a badass and not a nice guy at all which is kind of cool i mean i really feel like they do go too far to make bumblebee awkward and silly but that's really the difference for the rest of this movie let me finish the story so Optimus takes it, but Bumblebee fights him, and Cade gets there with Lennox, and they, there's a big fight, and Optimus is about to kill him, but Bumblebee speaks in his own voice and brings him back to his senses, and then Megatron shows up, whoops their asses, takes the staff, and goes to uh, the ignition chamber. At this point, everyone still loves Optimus, so they decide they're all going to team up, and they're going to gun on the Transformers little spaceship that they have, of course, they have a spaceship, because the junk guy got it. I don't remember his name. He was a junk guy, junk dealer, voiced by, uh, I'd put money on Steve Buscemi, and I'm actually looking right now to see if I'm correct or not. It's got a really, really long list of voices. Danger. Yep, Steve Buscemi, who fucking knew. Um, oh, also, uh, they, uh, they have Hot Rod in the movie, and he's French for some fucking reason, because the fuck wouldn't he be? Anyways, proceeding. Um, yeah, so they're going to go to the ignition chamber, they're going to load all the, the transports up on that, they're going to attack it, they're going to have air support. They make a competent plan, but they're having a hard time getting air support, and Optimus Prime doesn't show up quickly for some reason. No one explains why. Fight, fight, fight. Can't kick anything out, a little bit of stuff. Feels, not really. And then they're like, oh, we're going to do this. I figured out this science plan, the nerd says in to the general, because, I don't know, because he had to. I didn't think that was a necessary beat, but anyways, okay. Their science plan doesn't work, but uh, but all the soldiers have dropped off, but Vivian's like, I'm going to continue to try this, and Kate, of course, is going to go with her because they have hit it off, which, that romance is not entirely, not entirely crazy, not like uh, unheard of or anything, so I'm not going to give that uh, too much of a uh, ding against them. So they go, continue to fight, some more fighting. Optimus and Megatron fight, Bumblebee and Megatron fight, Optimus kicks Megatron out of the building because you have to, because obviously you've got to have Megatron come back for the next story, because fuck, why the fuck not? Um, she gets staff, stops the whole thing, yay, her heroes are victorious, but now Cybertron and Earth are like right near each other, attached, uh, the moon's already been destroyed, and we're leading to the next movie. So, if that sounded like a rambling mess of incoherent shit... That's because that's what the movie was. A rambling mass of incoherent shit. 
Um, let's go with the points. Um, action. It's still... So the first one had some quick cut action movies, action scenes, but you could usually tell what was going on. This one, not so much. Occasionally you can, but most of the time it's just shock and awe. In fact, I would describe this whole movie as shock and awe. It goes so quickly at most points, you don't have time to stop and think, the fuck is going on? This makes no sense. But uh, they continue on full steam. Um, oof, where else to go? Action, story. Uh, I like the twist that Earth is Unicron. Okay, I think it kind of flies in the face of the last movie. I'd have to rewatch it, and I'm not going to do that right now. But, fuck. Um, aside from that, pretty crazy, but standard. They don't, I mean, some of the specifics are nuts, but the overall's okay. Um, performances, yeah, you know, most of them are enjoyable. Uh, not terrible. I mean, you don't really look at anyone and go, like, you need to go fucking die. Uh, actually, a couple people, a couple bit parts have that problem here and there, but no one on the screen a lot has that problem. It's going to be Cogman, who is uh, Anthony Hopkins, you know, robotic butler dude who is just fucking odd. It's it's like they've forgotten that humor is actually jokes or could be deadpan, and it's just everyone being quirky and weird. Even Kate Yeager, Mark Wahlberg's character, is quirky and weird a bit much, and it's kind of annoying. Alright, um, it, the basic gist of it is this movie tries to do too much, and it's two and a half hours long, and you're doing too much for a two and a half hour long movie? I'm impressed, sir, I salute you. But as such, none of the ideas have really any time to take hold, flesh out, really get anywhere. Um, I feel like if they had taken, at this point, if they'd taken their time taking all their movies, and played them out slower and better and taken out some absolute retarded bullshit. They could have something here. As is, they're just going to continue to have jumbled messes that... I mean, shit, I don't even know. Did this movie make a lot of money? I mean, I have to imagine it did. I mean, they're all making money. Wasn't this the first one that actually, like, started to falter? Um, I think with these series, it turns out that... Um, never the one that's bad does it. It's the one afterwards that tends to have the fall off. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So yeah, they're they're they've literally been going straight down since. Um, the first Transformers movie made uh, 320 million, basically. Uh, Rings of the Fall made 402 off the strength of that first one, and then they fell back down to 352 for Dark of the Moon, which I haven't seen yet. And then I haven't heard that one's very good, but that one dropped off to 245, and now this one uh, went down to about a buck 30 million. So, that's domestic total, of course. It did very good worldwide, and they will get a sequel. Um, but, man, it's amazing how it's fallen from what I thought. Just a good, fun movie. Because uh, the first Transformers was a really good, fun movie, I thought. And this is just so far from that. I mean, they're trying. God bless them, they're trying. But they really need to have some idea what the fuck they're doing. And they don't. They're just spewing out shit after shit after shit and just hoping it goes so there you go uh let's give it some ratings i don't have a set rating for this this is my only second one ever um internal consistency five shots of kraken this shit is not internally consistent it is fucking batshit crazy and good lord um action scenes uh Three shots of Kraken. Jesus Christ, you can't generally tell what's going on. There's a couple that have some really good stuff, but you just lose too much when you can't even tell. Uh, I feel like if it didn't have those couple good moments that you could tell what's going on, it would be worse. Acting. Uh, fucking three shots of Kraken. 
It's not their fault, though. Yeah, well, I'm gonna give it two shots, two and a half shots of crack, and give it pure average. Not really most people's fault. It's the material. Uh, story, screenplay, slash whatever, five shots of crack, and fuck, someone punched this guy in the face. This person should not be writing movies. I could write better movies, and I have no previous experience. I could be in a consultant and go, like, this is crazy. You need to choose an idea and go with it. Uh, overall enjoyment factor, eh, three shots of Kraken. It was free. It was worth it for free. You put shows up somewhere for free, and you got two and a half hours. You know, get yourself some popcorn, get yourself some alcohol. Well, have a good time. It's not, it's not turn it off bad, but it is the fuck is going on bad. But generally, while you're watching it, you don't really, uh, you don't really notice that. So there you go, Transformers The Last Night. It will not be the last Transformers movie because they've already scheduled two more. Good lord. Thanks for listening. Uh, I, of course, John Center for More Than Dice. This has been a movie emergency. Please check us out next time or hit me up on Twitter at John O. Spencer for any comments. Love to hear from you guys. Thank you and good night.